You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. And it's back. It is back. And he is back. Who is back? The man, the myth, the legend, the great and powerful. Well, can't say his name yet. I got to tell you about him. Entrepreneur, marketer, speaker, author. He's written books? Yes. More than one. Account-based marketing for dummies, which you probably already have. And his latest book, which has been out for a bit now. And if you don't have it, it's time to catch up. ABM is B2B. And one of the cool things about this book, you, you start flipping through it, you realize he's cutting through a lot of the chatter, a lot of the bullshit, honestly. And he really gets to the heart of the matter. Podcast host of Flip My Funnel podcast. Nah, now people are going, okay, I think I know. You already knew from the book title. Co-founder and chief evangelist of Terminus, Sangram Vajre. Welcome, sir. Casey, man, happy to be here. Thank you, man. That's a great intro. It keeps getting longer. Every time, this is the second time you've been here. Every time you come back, it keeps getting longer and longer. By the time, well, the whole show will be eventually just your introduction. One day, one day, maybe people would just say, Sangram, and then that's it. You don't have to go through all of that stuff. Well, that'd be cool. You, you kind of can say it now. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, that's but, because people can pronounce my last name, and that may be it. Right. You know, I really had to study it last time. I remember you asked me. It's Vadre, right? Did I say it right? Did yeah. I get it? Okay. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, hey, man, this is really interesting because this today's episode, the, the theme. I mean, we you're a very you're a thought leader. You're here, but there's some things happening right now. There's there's some partnerships happening, like Terminus and Pardot are becoming BFFs. And, yeah. And so the concept of like ABM and marketing automation, they're 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 coming together and we're starting to see the the full picture i mean it's not just one this conference and that conference it's like it's the whole journey all these things are happening so i gotta pass you this thing and you've you've held this before let me hand it to you again Ugh. okay here you go thor's yeah, hammer got you got it i got it there you go nice nice form there um you play yeah. tennis nice form so jake funny you said because my crush i gotta show you this i don't know if people can see it oh, recording, but this is my son winning uh tennis championships i started to put his stuff around here so tennis championships yes it's pretty fun he just like yesterday we saw he is like number three in georgia uh for tennis and i'm like oh my god that's really cool well i know how he keeps winning because his dad wields thor's hammer like a tennis (laughs) racket so so take that hammer smash for me some kind of myth bogus strategy misconception set the record straight once and for all Awesome. All right, here you go. The hammer comes down. I think most companies don't have a demand problem. They actually have a pipeline problem. Pipeline? They have a pipeline problem. problem. Yeah, because I think everybody thinks like, oh, I got to hire marketing so we can get more leads, drive drive more people, drive more traffic, get more demand, sales need more people, more mouths to feed. We're creating an issue in marketing and sales that we're actually getting ourselves into and then we can't get out of it because we're creating that. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And what really is interesting is, is if you really think about it, you or most companies actually have a pipeline problem. So let me give you an example. 
I know I was talking to Andy Paul, um, I think about a year ago, and he said, hey, you know, he's like, man, I'm a little bit older than you. Let me tell you a story. I'm like, yeah. He's like, once upon a time, those were the days where sales only had 1x or 1.5x or 2x the pipe. Right now, people talk about, we got to have 5x the pipe, uh, 10x the pipe, so that one in 10 accounts will actually close. Well, guess what? That is the problem. We are getting unnecessary literally forcing jamming through people into the demand funnel and and really taking rise of the money which is where the pipeline is so what does it even mean to do 2x pipe does that mean you need two times as many people in there than yeah. you that's Man. it that's it i mean that when he told me that i was like when this is like this is what happened 15 years ago and now he's like i'm amazed that people have 7x 5x 10x pipe because that is not good. And people wear that as a badge of honor. Hey, we have 7x the pipe. Then the board says, very good. That means you have a lot of coverage. No, that just means you have to go through a lot of bullcrap to find the right account. That means you have to waste so much SDR and BDR and AE and marketing money to get those. What if, what if, and that's really the, the big if for everybody. It's like, what if you could close one in three deals that come through? Right. And that you need a lot of focus and that's not what we have it's that same problem we had on the marketing side of just filling that funnel baby just fill that thing up who cares how just more the merrier right like how how many people went in the top of your funnel oh millions millions same problem it, it, it's like it the problem it doesn't go away and now it's even worse by the time it gets to sales because you're right now you got humans you got sdrs and bdrs and marketing bucks and goodies and giveaways and swag all going to people who are probably never going to buy. Right. Did you, you had stats on that. You were like, you know, most people aren't going to buy. No, I mean, think about like, here's another myth and I'm, I'm curious because we talked about the marketing automation part and um, you know, terminus and all the things that's happening to the ABM. Well, think about this uh, for a second. I wore the badge of honor for most number of MQLs in my part of days in our organization Ooh. saying marketing created the most MQLs ever created in the history of part of the history of Salesforce. And that sounds heresy hearing you say that about yourself. Doesn't it? <laughs> right. Right. Um, and I say that because that was the stupidest thing I could be proud of. Right. That whole thing that means marketing care about nothing. Right. I cared nothing about revenue. I cared nothing about pipe. I cared nothing about business. I, cared about my own selfish ambition to hit a, a random number that somehow became so important that it almost became my identity in the yeah. organization. Right. Right. And I think, I, I bet a lot of people listening to this right now, hope they're nodding their head and saying, well, maybe that's true for them too. Yeah. But here's yeah. the myth. You, if you are actually doing account-based, I don't remember the last time at Terminus or any of the top customers that we have even mentioning, even mentioning the word MQL. And, and I think about that, why is that? Well, MQL, SQL, SAL, or first touch attribution or last touch attribution, all of these things were created for marketing to get what? Credit. Yeah, and credit, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like it was a credit conversation. It was never a business conversation. 
what's the point? We all know if the first touch versus last touch attribution, what, what's the point of that, right? Like you, marketing is trying to take credit. NQL, SQL, SEL, marketing is trying to prove value that right. they exist and because of them, there's business. So, but it wasn't about the business. It was always about credit for existence of marketing. And I think what ABM and all of these things have done right now, especially right now, is that who cares? If we have a list of accounts that we need to go after, marketing and sales need to have the same number. They should be, marketing should get bonus when sales hits their numbers as a business, period. And I think I'm seeing that more often right now in organizations and in the organizations that's happening, Casey, I'm seeing them getting rid of the standard, the whole point of MQL, SQL. Is like, if the account is important to you, you should be going after it. And if that comes to your website, you don't need to qualify it anymore. You should yeah. be working on that account. Why? You will only qualify if you don't know what the account is. But if you know the account and if you're going after it, you don't need to qualify. So it, th those two things have completely changed the way I think about marketing today. It really does flip it because you're right. I mean, I was going to kind of challenge you for a second until you you really built a strong argument because that credit conversation happens everywhere. I mean, even during COVID and like marketers get, I mean, I know a bunch of marketers. If anyone needs any marketers, I, a lot of people in our networks are looking for jobs, man, because they got the, they got the ax first. Yeah. They, maybe I mean, did they just not do the right credit conversation? But like the whole organization has to be shifted or, or would that maybe have been helped if they were better focused on the, not the credit, but just the team success, the revenue. I mean, the, the thing is, I strongly believe right now, the, the strong are getting stronger and the weak are getting just cut off. I mean, just some uh, of it is that. Some of I really do believe is that. Now, being very, very respectful to everybody who might be listening to this, not everybody is in that category because there's always a gray area, but that's organizations is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about individuals. So as an organization, if your culture is to drive business outcomes, you would already be aligned to saying, hey, we need to pivot. Example, uh, let's just talk about webinars, the stuff that actually worked for, for us in our organization right now when all of this thing hit wasn't a thousand people webinar. It wasn't a thousand people virtual summit, although we could have done both of them. We do 20 people events, 20 people in the same industry. We cap it out of 20 and there's, guess what the show rate of our webinar is for those 20 people? What? 80 to 90%. No kidding. And normally, free yeah, events, normally, it's 50 or less, right? Less, Guaranteed. Right? They show up and we would cap at 20. So they're like, wait a minute, I can't get into this. No, you can't. I'm sorry. We already have 20 people. <laughs> come back next week. And they will come back next week, 10 minutes early this time. So yeah. the, uh, the point of all of this that you, you I think if you create relevancy for your business, then I think you will hit. But that's what marketers need to do right now. They need to pivot their thinking around whatever skills they have. If your skill is to create demand, stop thinking 1,000 people to 20 people. Now, that requires a complete shift of mind, but you can still use the same skill set to, to build a program around that. If you are all about creating ebooks and content and demand generation around that, then maybe you need to create content for that industry, very specific for those 20 people and make an ebook or make a landing page for each one of those companies that the marketers who are doing that right now, Casey, I'm seeing them getting promoted. So it's a very different, that's why I said, I started with saying strong getting stronger is because the people and the marketers and organizations who actually understand the game of relevancy 
actually becoming really, really good. And the organizations that just played the numbers game, played the, you know, like, you know, all right, we'll do the same thing over and over again game. They are getting exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I like the idea of the smaller webinars, like really mixing it up and doing something different and not just the same old quantity based. And I guess it's scary though, going niche, ratcheting it down, going after 20 people instead of praying that, you know, you'll get 100 to, 150 to sign up and then 80 to show up and then 50 will stay. Like all those goofy numbers, you just go for the 20. I mean, do yeah. they just need to like, do we just need to all get kind of more courageous or how do, how do you move in that? How do you get more marketing courage? Yeah, it's a great question. I feel like it's, it's less about marketing courage, I feel like, and it's more about recognizing what's the most important thing for your business to move forward. So the 20 people webinars where we're going to do, we looked at our own database and said, well, okay, well, where is our pipe? Right now we see that we have a ton of manufacturing oriented accounts. Okay. We're good at man. We're really good at selling ABM to manufacturing. It's really good. Okay, great. We see that there are at least 50 accounts that are in manufacturing in the pipe, going back to the first myth is like pipe. So we looked and said, we let's do a manufacturing, our manufacturing industry marketers focusing and pivoting and changing and addressing it, this pandemic as an example. We literally looked at this as an opportunity, quite frankly. And when we marketed, we didn't market to the entire base. We only send this to those 50 accounts and saying, hey, look, we're capping it at 20. This is a manufacturing only uh, webinar. We have zero slides. The point of this is to bring CMOs. We already called up and recruited two or three CMOs. So we featured them saying, hey, here are the three CMOs in your industry that are going to be on it. And it's a round table, not a show and tell kind of thing. And all we did was seeded maybe two questions and the rest was just conversation. Casey, guess what? Like your podcast, they would want to stay not for the 30 minute, but hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Right? Because they're all talking. They're all like, wait a minute, how are you doing that? And a lot of times, quite frankly, in the early days, it was like a therapy. Oh, you yeah. do? You got the same problem? Your CEO also is asking you to do like all of these things. And we were just sitting there and like, you know, watching a movie here, right? Yeah. Like we notes and it's, it's a safe environment because it's not getting published anywhere or they knew that this was all about them and for them. I, I, and, and here's the other part that that word, as I said, it, it clicked on me. There's a book written by Jeff Henderson called Fall, F-O-R. And his point is companies, the next generation companies are going to be the companies that are not best in the world, but the companies that are going to be best for the world. Wow. And that is such an interesting paradigm shift. Like we all keep saying we are the best account-based marketing platform in the industry. But guess what? Customers don't care about it, right? Like that's why the idea of building community is such a big deal for us. Is like we need to be for the community, for the industry. So that that's one of I'm going to bring Jeff in in our peak community uh, yeah. to just talk about this because it completely shifts and he gives examples after examples after examples. Like you don't need to be the company best in the world. Nobody really cares. Right. What important is are you the company for? 
the world. And I think marketers need to build up the courage, going back to your question, is are you for your customers? Are you for your future customers? And as you ask that question, the answer would appear right in front of you. Right. And very, and that's a good litmus test for your content, for your webinars, for any kind of marketing you're doing. Is, is this email for them or is this all about me? You know, yeah. is this, is this my email? Is this, does it even help them at all? Is this brochure to help them or is this to help me? You know, it, it's a great question. That's, that's not, I see it. And it looks like he got Maxwell to write a forward on that too, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, he, he actually was a, a good friend of mine. He uh, is in Atlanta, so I know really? him personally. Um, and he uh, he is the pastor of a church over here called Gwinnett Church. Uh, he just left recently because the four movement that he built became so global that there are other churches and businesses trying to adapt this philosophy of the four, uh, which has been fascinating. But prior to that, he was a marketer at Chick-fil-A. Well, of course, they understand nice. what marketing, like he gets more marketing is like he worked with the Braves um, company, uh, you know, team and all that kind of stuff. So he gets the idea. But when he said that, I'm like, well, that's a that's a game changer idea. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you how do you have you been able to build any of those things into Terminus or I mean, how, how do you apply some of those things you're reading? Yeah, no, you, you're right, man. I think, and, and all of these sounds great ideas, and you're like, wait a minute, so what do I do with this? Right, like, How, yeah. Like, <laughs> just give everyone the book and hope magic yeah. happens, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, so one thing, I don't know if we shared that in the last episode, but I feel like the number one or the best marketing strategy that I've ever ran that I've had in the last 10 years of my marketing uh, career has been bringing a customer in the office. And mm. that was the point. I mean, it, it, it is, it, it's a one way and there are so many different ways of showing that we are for you is that, no, you are the hero today. We'll have a red carpet for them. We'll fly in. In the days we used to be able to fly in, we'll have dinner with the executive team just with that one, one person wow. or a couple of people from that company. Next morning, we'll do a product session with them, show them behind the scenes what's going on. Then we'll then put them in front of the entire company, and then the company gets to ask them questions. They get to tell their story, not about Terminus, not about ABM, like that's part of later on, but it's like, who are they? Like we want everybody in our company wanted to, wanted them to know in the operations department in the finance department to know how does our customer look and feel and what do they say. So we had this customer in the month customer of the month in flesh program that we we brought in a customer every single month and went through the same exercise and made like when they walked in the office the every single one of their uh, the TV monitors had their face and their name and the really. They are. Uh, it was. It was just a full-on red carpet welcome from start to finish. Now we're doing that on Zoom, uh, but that's that's a that's a way. Of just thinking, applying this idea that are we for customers? Who are we for? That uh, that's amazing. You know, my my favorite always example of like a little ABM gift has always been this mason jar I got from Terminus many moons ago. That had my logo, not yours, on yes. the mason cup jar thing. It's like a mason jar with a handle and yeah. it had my logo on it in like decal. It was full of <laughs> candy and chocolate and alcohol. And I was like, and, yeah, crazy. I like, remember. It's my logo. Like, I know you could mass produce your logo, but that you can't, 
you didn't make 500 of them with mine on it. You had to make individual ones. It just shows yeah. that you care. Just like this red carpet type stuff shows you care. Yeah. And I think those are the examples that people would talk about months, if not years to come. Yeah. And the side benefit of that is, is something that I think most people don't recognize because again, we go back to the demand problem, right? And, and yeah. no, it's actually not that. It's like, imagine if everyone in your organization as a marketer, this is something that I think marketers don't really think about. Yeah. You have the access to the people you serve more than anybody else. And because of that, it is your responsibility, not, not, not just, just, just a privilege, it's a responsibility to make known to every person in your organization that who are we serving. And once you do that, I believe that people will run through walls to do things for their organization because now they could see who and how it is impacted. So as an example, I remember Daniel Day, he was the first, he was one of the first person we brought in in the customer in the office program. And he shared um, in the very first one, he said, you guys changed my life. Mm -hmm. I'm like, come on, Dan, like we, we can't change your life. Like we, 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 like, we, we build software, we don't save lives, right? Like, no, no, he's like, you don't get, you don't understand what you've done. Your organization, the movement, this whole thing around ABM, it has given me confidence to walk into my CMO or CEO's office and tell them directly that here's where money's coming from. Here's my impact on the business outcomes. Here's how many salespeople you should, you should hire because on these other accounts we're going to serve because this is our total address on market. He said, I had none of those answers. I didn't even know how to talk about those things, but now I'm not afraid of my job. Right. And right. even now people in the company at Terminus would remember that and say, we're building something for Daniel Day. Really? That changes everything, yeah. It does change everything, man, because I, I mean, I, I've had this conversation too before with people, especially, especially if you're in one of those really obscure industries or whatnot. Um, marketing's fun, like, you know, we do marketing, ABM software, but to your point, some people might ask like, well, we're not the Peace Corps, right? We're not over somewhere building a well for the pygmies, you know, like yeah. that feels like a really, tactile way of being like helping build a school for someone so it's like yeah. but we're not doing that but i think you just get beyond the fact that you're not serving some random brand like oh we're serving this brand no it's like that person to your point the daniels the susans the jeffs whoever kathy kathy's don't get enough credit it's like yeah. sitting there in, in the organization you want her to get promotion she's gonna yeah. spread that happiness all throughout her family and you, like you can make people's days just get beyond the fact that you're trying to help this brand succeed or that brand grow their stock. It's like, no, no, no. You're trying to help the individual, the Casey's, the Sangrams, the people that are in the company. It, it makes a difference. I, I could totally see that. Yep. I, people still talk about those stories and that's man. what, man, I'm, I'm still talking about that story. Yeah. So it's really, yeah. Yeah. That's how it's the mark of a, a real, a real moment is when it, it keeps coming up and you, you, it comes, it comes to mind. You want to tell people about it and stories and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. My next question for you, really, now we're kind of getting on the, the topic of, of Terminus. We got this big partnership thing happening. Pardot, Terminus, they're like, you, me, you, me, let's do this, right? <laughs> what, can you tell me more about this? I mean, we've got some good data on it, but, but at, a, at a big picture level, what is, what is happening? What, what's happening with these two powerful apps coming together? Well, I mean, in the early days of ABM, 
inbound and ebm was was looking at each other like oh we are competitors right like this two movements like it's flipping the funnel so the old funnel is gone which means inbound is not no longer valued and and the reality is that no no, no. both can exist for the right type of business if you're going after a, a you know ten dollar a month or if you're going after just brand and you know, those kind of things inbound is important for you as a matter of fact i'll submit to you in most organizations if you're doing your abm right your inbound actually goes up i see that yeah yeah not a lot of people talk about that and they're like oh then that's because your people are taking credit for it but if you stop taking credit people will stop talking about it it's like it doesn't matter where it came from you already knew the account but if you're advertising with them, if you're sending direct mail to them, if your salespeople are reaching out to them, if you're doing events to come in together as a webinar, they're going to tell somebody like, hey, Joe and Sally, well, check out um, you know, Casey's company or Sangam's company and see what it is. And they go and fill up the form and they become inbound. And you're like, oh, inbound is going up. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> you actually, they're coming because you created this halo effect around them through all these things. So if you stop worrying about credit, I think inbound will actually go up and ultimately you're actually will get the credit that you're really looking for, but not in a, um, in like forceful way. It's just what happens as a byproduct of it. Right. So that inbound outbound, I feel like that mystery is resolved, at least for me. And I think in some of the leading companies, they are getting over this idea of like, are this two different channels or are they actually driving business? And I think 100% helps the other group. The other big elephant in the room has always been marketing automation. Mm. And people go, well, well, what about all the nurturing stuff and all the email stuff and all those things that happen through marketing automation? Well, the beauty of marketing automation and companies like Terminus, like let's just say Parlor and Terminus specifically for this example is this. Because they're the best, right? They are the best. We both have history there. We I was history, there. Yeah. yeah. So it's beautiful to when it, the world comes right full circle. It is. But both are, both were created. And in, in a sense, market, marketing automation was helping marketers do marketing using emails. When Terminus started, we wanted to help marketers do ABM using advertising. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, the email and advertising are the Trojan horse into all the other things that are built around them. And as long as organizations can help others do marketing, those are the applications, those are the products that are going to do better than other, uh, other products. So, for example, there are a lot of products that started off saying, hey, we're going to help you measure ABM. Well, guess what? You can measure if somebody's not doing it. So right. that's why some of those companies had a difficult time to get up uh, off the ground. But for us, we had... Uh, we, we made sure that we are actually doing something when we have to choose what we focus on. We chose to focus on helping first marketers do ABM and then added Bright Funnel, then acquired Sixter, then added Chat and all those things. But Pardot and, and Terminus, this is like both companies are helping do uh, marketing. So that makes sense. There are a lot of, it's bi-direction. It's a full-on integration, which means it's not just like an API call here and there. No, it's a full-on integration which means there's a bi-directional sync, which means if you're running, as an example, if you have your dynamic list and things of accounts that you're working on and you wanna say, well, as soon as somebody hits into that account or somebody fills a form or somebody does something like that, fire up an advertising from Terminus to that particular account and give the entire account and halo effect. So now you can do things like that, which allows marketers to do really smart marketing. Yeah. 
totally see this. Totally see this. And I'm, I'm glad you're here. I mean, thanks for being here to explain this because, yeah, I, I had sensed the inbound versus ABM, you know, inbound, some of the crazy people inbound, they were like inbound versus marketing automation even. They were just like, but really, we, it's like, okay, no, it's, it's actually very similar, the idea of marketing automation versus ABM. Yeah, I felt that too, right? It's like, it's almost like we got really tribal around ABM and then you're like, it, to the exclusion of everything else. But then on, on our last podcast, and if people haven't heard that one, they should go check that one out. We'll link to it in the show notes. But you, you caught me up on ABM, right? Because there was a lot of this BS, a lot of this chatter that they had kind of taken a run with it. And you're like, no, it's not it's that. There's tiers. There's, there's prioritization levels. And one of them can be what you have been doing, right? Don't stop what you're doing. But what you're going to find is those other tiers where you've been focusing your efforts are just way more powerful. So I, I, totally, I totally see what, what's happening and, and what you're explaining with how we're kind of they're at odds with each other. But what's crazy at the same time when they're selling marketing automation, at least from my experience, people are like, well, can I do ABM with this? And it's like, well, it doesn't prevent you from doing it, but it doesn't have the care and feeding perhaps. And it certainly can't do unless it's email. Right. So to your point, you need a tool that can do and measure. Um, right. And, and so it was, it does a great job. It, it kind of, they both have this sort of the the backbone of either the email or the ads and then all the other features attached to it. And I want to get your take on the different features added determinants, but I totally see it. They're these like great things, but they're kind of missing. It'd be great to have some, some excellent email nurturing, but tied to the accounts. And it'd also be great to have that ads and all the things that go with ABM and, and not just so lead focused. I think part of was due for a little infusion of account focus you know, they'd done some changes, but this is like a big change. So I, I, yeah, I see it, man. I see it happening. Yeah, this is massive for them and for us. Uh, but definitely the reason they leaned into this is because this was one of their top requests uh, from their customer base. Uh, yeah. Like, well, we, how do we add on to it? And if you really think about it, let's go back to the business part of it. That's what marketers should care about. When a marketer only gives a lead to a salesperson, they do a disservice to the salesperson and then yeah. to their business. Because we all know we close accounts. We don't close leads. Like there's not a single time ever in the history of, of, of marketing and sales that we all know in B2B. Nobody ever closed a lead. We always click close an account. That's one of the reasons why salespeople title is account executive, <laughs> not a lead executive to begin with, right? Yeah. So it's, it's always been the case, but we as marketers, I as marketer, have made a, a conscious choice of ignoring that and just dropping a bunch of leads to them. And really what we should be doing is saying, going back to the pipeline problem is like, okay, marketer or salesperson, Joe and Joe, you have these 10 accounts that we have some leads on it, but yeah. we know there are like seven people maybe in the decision-making process and we need to give you air cover now to all those seven, eight people in that account so we can have a faster a velocity on those deals. That's where the idea of part out and terminus as an example comes together. Um, and I will say this over and over again. I, my salespeople goes bananas when I say this. I say, you don't need terminus to do ABM. Mm. Just like you probably don't need part out to do email marketing. What, but what you could do is these two combinations for organizations, they want to scale their programs and make it more um, more thoughtful and scalable and, and have this automated nurture streams, not just for emails, but the entire account that needs to happen as opposed to physically going and doing it. So, so I feel it's, it's for the next level of marketers, the next generation of marketers who are now 
they get marketing automation, they get kind of ABM, but now they want to be the marketer 2.0 in, yeah. in their organizations. Yeah, man. Uh, it's exciting. Can, can you, cause maybe just, um, let's run down, let's run down, like start with terminus and then, and then hit all the, cause I know you guys have been acquiring different tools and like, not just like the standard ones, You're like, Oh yeah. But like signature apps and this and that, could you just kind of start and like kind of throw out some of the different features and what they, what they do just so we can get a sense for this whole suite that you've built around the concept of ABM. Oh, happy to, man. Happy to. That's, uh, and hopefully everybody got to remember all of them though, right? <laughs> There's so many, <laughs> so many of them. And I hope nobody feels like this is a, like a pitch session for Terminus, but I think uh, hopefully there's a lesson of how you think about growing. Yeah, um, no, it's big fact. news though. It's, it's a big, it's a big thing going on right now. So one of the things we did was we started with how do we help marketers do marketing? We yeah. focused, we anchored on it, and we made sure that that is really, really good. So we're really good at targeted advertising to the accounts people want. As we started doing that, clearly there was this, this question that we always get is like, okay, we're doing this advertising, but we're still measuring first touch and last touch attribution. Well, we're like, well, you should be measuring engagement in that account. Uh, and then, well, we don't know how to measure engagement in that account. That led to us right. acquiring BrightFunnel, um, which was almost the same year, number of years when Terminus, like they were like six years and Terminus was like three years into it. But somehow we were able to acquire BrightFunnel and that became, a, and, and that's one of the reasons, that's here's another thing. Every company we've acquired, this is really fascinating. So I don't want to miss, I'm glad it just hit me. Yeah. Every single company that we acquired where the companies whose products we use and then we acquired. So it was a very Smart. natural progression because we saw that it, none of it. So bright funnel, we had it for a year before we said, you know what, this has the makings of a great account-based marketing analytics. Why build it when we can use this? It already have a customer base. They get it. Uh, let's just flip. So we bought a bright funnel. Then we, we always have, we always have Sixter which is the email signature thing yeah. that allowed us for a first party cookie data. So yeah. just a quick one-on-one, one-on-one -on, -one on that is that when you do advertising proactively, you're using third party, which means we don't have the cookie. We don't know who these people are. We are relying on our partnership with net prospect and DNB and LinkedIn and like 50 plus ad exchange networks to get there. And, and the data is okay, but not the perfect, the best. With Sixter, because it is first-party cookie data, because anybody who clicks on the ad within those companies that you're sending emails to, it our cookie pool just like quadruple, like in Magic. really, <laughs> and, and it's first-party, which means we have full understanding and the quality of data is really good. We own the quality of data that we're not relying on somebody to do a refresh every so often. Yes. So that is like the stickiest product to to like almost every customer wants it. Like it's it's great. And again, we use Sixter, so we know knew the people, and and it's, it's phenomenal. And yeah, then, good people though. Really, I I know some of the Sixter people. They're really yeah. good people. Yeah. And that's another big thing. I'm glad you brought that up too. Like Justin Keller, who ran marketing over here, now runs yeah. brand for Terminus. Yeah, he was he uh, was on here. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. It's phenomenal. Like he's taking Terminus brand to the next level now. Um, almost kind of like, you know, you, you think about what Adam Blitzer, what happened to Adam Blitzer at, at Salesforce totally. when he came in, Salesforce did not shove it in and like, Oh, it's a small company guy. Like we just acquired, put him in. He actually became like running marketing cloud and sales cloud. Yeah. And, and he's else's. 
right? So Brad, um, who's the CEO of Sixter, is now our chief product officer. So nice. it's really interesting and exciting to see how all of the infusion of the people have been. And then the last acquisition, which we did literally at the beginning, just a month into the pandemic, was Ramble Chat. Because mm. we wanted to connect the experience from somebody seeing an ad out there, like imagine that, as you have a list of accounts, they're seeing the ad, then they click on the ad or they come to your website. So we have this personal experience on the website, but how do you engage with them is now through a chat. And so when an account comes to your website and if you have Terminus, you would actually not only run an ad to get them to your account, but your account is now recognized because you have all the history around it, first party, third party. So the chat is gonna be a very, very smart chat. He's gonna literally say, Hey, hey, Casey from uh, Cheshire Impact, uh, thanks for stopping by and here's the some stuff. You, it has all of the history, plus now it's part of integration, it's gonna have even more richer history if you think, uh, think yeah. about that. So, so all of these acquisitions of BrightFunnel and then Sixter and Chat is allowing us to go back and build the next B2B marketing cloud as we think about it. Um, but again, not trying to say we do it all, but right. we want to help the experiences part of it, the online experience of web, uh, online experience on the website, on different different websites through advertising, through emails uh, part of it, and on your website from a chat perspective. We want to just combine and make that experience so unified because here's here's the big part that we believe in, uh, Cassie, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. I believe the next generation of companies we believe the next generation of companies are going to be companies that create a really unified experience. Imagine if you have whatever the thing you got at that event from Amanda. I remember Amanda created that logo for you on that. Did, yeah. That yeah. It was Amanda too. And yeah, that's right. It was fantastic. I think it was for serious decisions event where, where I think she created it for. Um, imagine if you saw that and then again, the next day you go online and now that, picture of that particular thing is also in front of you anywhere you right. see right yeah and imagine you came to oh let me check these guys out and you came to terminus.com and the chatbot opened up and it sees that hey did you enjoy this gift or something so now <laughs> there is this this feel like hey we know you we not not in a creepy way but we care about you right and we want to show you that you're important to you yeah and you couldn't yeah. do that with hundred thousand accounts you but you could do that with your top hundred accounts and that's where I feel companies are going to win if they start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And otherwise it's left. I mean, some people say they like to pick and choose different things, but man, trying to tie together a tech stack, it, sometimes you just can't, right? So you need them to be, and I was even always wondering like, why Sigster? I'm like, I like the people, you know, yeah. uh, but like, what, why? But then you just, I kind of get it now. Wow. Now you own the data. Got it. You know, but that you can't stitch that together yourself, you know, that you need some of this, the best tools coming to work together. So I totally, I totally get that. That's sick. Yeah. A unified experience. It's really the way it goes, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's, that is one of the, going to be our greatest struggle. Um, we don't have it all together yet. Yeah. I don't think most companies don't have it together and it won't be all through acquisition. It will be through partnership. Like we yeah. have partnership with uh, with Pardot now, we have great uh, exclusive partnership with Bombora for Intent Data, for right. example. We have partnership with Sandoso for Direct Mail. So in a way, your customers are not just demanding, but truly expecting you to deliver on this because that's what they get 
on a, in a B2C environment. Right. Uh, so I think it's getting closer and closer. And I feel right now, every organization, it's a great opportunity to stand out. If you stop doing the usual webinars and if stop doing the usual eBooks um, and stop doing the usual stuff, we actually are going to create really great experiences where our customers will remember that and they will come to you because of that. Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. Um, I, I love doing webinars and I've been thinking about different ways that I can mix it up. Um, so it's not just me doing it for me, but you know, yeah. can I try different topics? I'm going to start with some blog posts that are really popular and make the webinar about that. Um, I love this, this, the idea of the focus group, even the idea of just standing back. It's like not even about me talking. Yeah. Oddly enough, it's not about, <laughs> that. no, it's a, let's these other people, they, they're in the same industries, they're in the same groups and let them mix and communicate. We just facilitated it. That's, it's a great idea. It's very serving. You know, it's very much the servant um, app, like, like the book you brought up, the four book. It's pretty powerful yeah. stuff. Where, I mean, and, and I feel like, I think you brought up a great word, uh, which is about facilitating. I think yeah. great marketers are facilitators. Truly are. Like if you think about everybody in your organization probably has an idea of what marketing should do, right? Everybody thinks they're a marketer, even if that's not their title. And they, everybody can comment on your website and a font, and a way mm-hmm. they experience blah, 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 right? And you have to take it in. You have to like, accept that criticism or feedback because it's customer facing it's facing nobody's talking about a code that somebody engineer is writing in their bag that you can't see nobody can comment on that but everybody can comment experience which means your job really and i've started to appreciate that maybe after 10 15 years of therapy is that Hmm. i need to learn to be a facilitator first and if i do that well and i bring the right constituents to the table we don't have to make decision by committee, but we all need to make sure that everybody needs to be feel fe- felt heard. And when marketing leaders do that, they can build the greatest brand. They can build the greatest uh, campaigns. They can drive mm-hmm. the greatest business outcomes. So I think you were to used a very key word, and I'm glad you did. I got something that took me a while for this step. Yeah, yeah. The best, the best marketing, sales, anything is really just when you have that authentic. You really care. You just. You yeah. want the people and it feels better. So anyone that doesn't feel that yet, shift that way because then, then you really, you're going to work. You're not selling widgets or sprockets or some SaaS program that lives in an Amazon web server. You know, it's like, it's like a real, you're, you're helping people and that, and that kind yeah. of ties back to the whole thing. I wanted to ask you about, you know, this ties into the unified experience. You are everywhere and I love learning from you and watching and seeing what you do and, I do want to get into the community in a second, but one of the things is you're on LinkedIn and you're on LinkedIn live and there's only a few select rock stars that are on there and I've had a chance to join it and you basically have these like podcast like interviews. So we'll, we'll put a link into you on LinkedIn so people can go get followed so they can be in a, aware of when these things happen. But tell me about LinkedIn live. It, what, what's the experience been like for you? Have you learned anything about the best way to do it? How do you get the most people inter- interacting? What kind of best practices have you seen? Oh, Ben, thanks for asking that. That has been a really fun project. I really took podcast and doing it in a room without video to now doing with videos to like doing it online. Like really, that's all I'm doing. I'm yeah. doing podcasts online right. that goes on Flip My Funnel that you know we do recaps in the community that, that you and I will chat about. 
and, and I think that's uh, that has just been a fun experience. What's exciting is that, and what the biggest learning I, I learned from this is that consist, consistency creates massive outcomes. And I have been a big believer of just being consistent, but I didn't realize how big of an outcome would that have. So when I used to do webinars or podcasts or all of these things, I would just do it on any time that pleases me because you know nobody's watching it, right? Right. Then when I started LinkedIn Live, I did the same thing, but I, sometimes I will see hundreds of people on it and sometimes I will see like two people on it. And I'm right. Like, doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, it's like, what, why are not the same people engaged? Because, and I think this is actually better than the last one. Like, you know, right. what's, what's wrong with that? And, and what I realized is there's nothing wrong with them as always. It's always wrong with us is the idea that I wasn't consistent. People were not, didn't expect. So when, if they would show up when they are available. So I started doing it every Monday and Wednesday, but mostly Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern, which meant, I'll blow up some of the West Coast people. I mean, that's okay. Every Wednesday at 9 a.m., unless something else happens, I'm consistently Wednesday 9 a.m. live. And what that has done is that a week when I didn't do it, I got like 10 people emailing me, which means there must be more people who missed it, saying that, hey, did I, I missed your thing. Did it not go live? I'm like, I never committed to it live, but now I guess I need to because people <laughs> are waiting for it. And these were like, CMOs and directors of marketing and leadership role people. So it was really interesting that they looked at this as something they put on their calendar. So all that to, to say is that I realized the value of consistency, that consistency truly creates massive outcomes. And that has given me more opportunities to speak and do other things because of that. Wow. Yeah. So such a good point around the consistency. I'm actually right as you're doing. I'm making a little reminder for myself. 9 a.m. on Wednesday, right? Is that, that's what you said. Yeah. 9 a.m. on Wednesday. It just goes live at 9 a.m. No matter what happens. And then now people, like in hundreds, will show up for that time, and that allows for meaningful conversation. And because there are so many people, I'm starting to bring the community with me in that conversation. So it's not just about me. To your point earlier about me asking questions, I'll have no more than three questions, literally. Every really. Time just three questions. And that just because I'm, I want to keep things going, but the rest of the questions I literally curate from the community. So it's I've there. I've asked some great questions now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, one of the things I was going to say is that when I'm on there, I see some of the same people. I've met some people, not yeah. physically, but like, I feel like yeah. I've connected with them on LinkedIn, we've swapped messages back and forth and it's like, hey, great quotes. And I think, I think people have even been on this podcast because of connections I've made on there. Um, like, right. oh, hey, this, you get this person on there. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. It's just neat things happen with that community. You, that, and you're right, they're, 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 not, they're not coming for you. They're, oh, they kind of, some parts they are. They want to make you feel good, but uh, they are. But like, if I, if conversation doing- with the community around it, you know? hundred percent. If I was having, if I were going live every Wednesday by myself, let's just say that as a hypothetical thing. Okay. Then in that case, I would say, yeah, maybe people are coming for me and my input. And yes, there's a byproduct is all the conversation, but you're absolutely right. I'm not going there and saying, Hey, look how smart I am. And let me tell you what I think. I'm just I'm not going. Brooks. My name's Sangram. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm as curious as I possibly can be in those conversations. And I I really do truly enjoy those conversations, but I also feel that 
I want to give respect to the people who showed up at that time and pull some of their questions in and right. give them like a, a full on like, all right, here is Amber. Let's ask Amber's question or here is Casey. And, and I think what is that, that Amber Khan? Amber Khan, yeah. She's been like, on here. I talked to her. She's, she's a monster. We talked about content repurposing and she's like, from one piece of content, you can get like 30. I was like, no, you can't do that. She, I'm like, list them off. And I, I kept track. She got to 45. She, and I met her on your LinkedIn Live. There you go. Like, yeah. And she's in the community too. And she's going to do a Friday session soon on oh, how sick. to repurpose content, right? And just for the community. So these relationships, you're absolutely right. I, that's what I'm, my heart is at, is, is building yeah. communities ultimately, right? Totally. Because we may, you know, I've, I'm a co-founder terminus. And then, you know, we'll see what happens next from here. Uh, you know, maybe do another company, maybe do another stuff. But the reality is, is relationships is what makes me feel like more accomplished in yeah. life than anything else. Um, and that's a great segue because it's it's like a live community. And yes. then you've actually created a second or you've created like a more, I don't know what you would call it, but like it's like this persistent community on uh, its own private chat and message boards. The, the P community, maybe talk a little bit about that and where, where the, the brainchild from that came from. Where did the idea come from for that? Well, you know, like flip my funnel, for example, there are over a hundred thousand people in that community. That's when we started something, right? Like, so, so it's, 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 it's a massive community uh, that got built over five years through podcasts, through the conference where about 1500 to 3000 people show up. Yeah. Uh, to the mini events that we did for the last five years. So there's a hundred thousand people plus community. And, but I felt that there wasn't enough intimacy in that community in order for conversations to happen and, and spotlight people and identify and, and just have a more nurturing community. It felt more one way. It felt, yeah, okay, sure. I was driving the conversation in that community and I felt like there's more to it than, than, than me, like hundred percent. Right. So the genesis of when you go to like peak community, for example, you won't even see my face on that page anywhere. Uh, if you go to do, you know, dot, 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 because it's not that I really didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it for marketers to be get one person better. That's the genesis of it. That means they have to put in the time to be part of it. Now yeah. I happen to be, so you won't see, you won't see my name. You won't see, you know, anything about me at all. So I want this community truly owned by, run by the community. I just happen to be a, one of the guides for the community to, to pull the right people in and engage people in. But, but it had just, it started. So the brainchild of that was how do I create a little bit more intimate uh, community? Because it, to me, it's not, not about just making, building another community. And two, I, I wanted more serious people, people who really truly wanted to, get one person better, not just be on an email list. So that's why I started charging. I was like, all right, 10 bucks a month. If somebody for their own growth can put 10 bucks, think this community is for you. So 10 bucks a month. And what's interesting is there are all kinds, like you, you are in this community, you know, like there yeah. are people that are CMOs, there are, um, there are like emerging CMOs of big companies, small companies. So I'm, honestly, it's a, it's a playground for me. Like I'm, yeah. I'm learning, I'm relearning about building community at an intimate level. We're building circles within it. It grew from like, you know, just like in two months to about 175 people now in that community. So and I, I, don't, I don't need the money. Um, that's not what I'm doing it for. I right. want to build a truly authentic community. 
You know, it's interesting because there's another guy that has a community and he named it after himself. Yeah. And then that's totally cool. Right. That's and cool. people, but people should follow and there are a lot of people and I didn't want it to be about ABM either. That right. was another Yeah. You could have named it ABM. You could have named it Sangram's playground. I still would have joined if you called it that, but, uh, but yeah, you could have named it anything, but it was very telling that you made, you made it about everyone. And I think part of the things in there was like, if you could just get 1% better today, well, you know, what could you do? And then technically if you get better for 365 days at 1%, that's additive. That, that all, yeah. now you're 365% better than you were last yeah. year. It's, it's incredible. Just the idea of a small fraction percent, but that's, that's very cool that you, you created that and you made it about, again, about who's it for. Right. Not necessarily yeah, it, it, you. It literally, it was, I mean, it was something like, you know, even though I'm inviting people in it, and then another thing is like, it's invite only. So even though the community page is there, like not, nobody has joined yet. I'm not saying, hey, join this community. It's like, send me a DM. And I'm not invited some people because I didn't think they were right. I, I'm not invited, for example, salespeople, nothing against them, but I didn't want to mix the sales and marketing communities. I really, truly want to build a one-of-a-kind intimate marketing and for marketers community where we really get to geek out on some of these things. And then what I could do, which is what I've started to do is like, I'm just polling people said, Hey, branding is something people want to learn more about. So guess what? I got David Breyer to come in and do a zoom session and pick companies and say, well, talk about that company. Do they have the right brand and, and literally do stuff like that. I can bring yeah. Seth Godin and do something with it. We can bring in Kim Scott, do something with it. So, not only again, it's 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 not about what I want out of it. It's like, well, what does the community want out of it? How else can they get better? One percent. Um, so my goal with Peak Community is really to see one, it's a playground, some learning, relearning how to yeah. build a community, and I figure out how to create it, keep it intimate. So even if this community grows, how do we create the right groups in this community that will allow people to truly keep growing and not get inundated with a ton of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the things on there, I'm I'm a fan, right? So. Um, there's a 1% a day one. There is how to become a CMO, which I think is a topic that I, I like a lot. Um, obviously ABM book of the month, you know, job yeah. posts, tips and tricks, data and measurement, you know, it's just good. It's just good stuff to again, geek out. It's like, you're just like you created the small webinar with 20 people. Now you've made a, a it's a bigger community, but that's <laughs> cool. Cause we can flourish And that way at any given time. I'm looking down here and I see a bunch of green dots next to people. So there are people online at any given time, which is cool because that, it makes it feel like it's actually alive. It's not, you know, the old school LinkedIn group where you're like, please come to my group. And then like people weren't even there. And this just feels like very much more interactive and engaging. Yeah. And if you, I mean, and, and thing, and I appreciate you saying that. And, and one of the, I was, that was another big reason is like, I didn't do it on Facebook. Um, I didn't do it on Slack, which were the obvious two choices. I did yeah. it on this really different network that has an app of its own because I really wanted people to get away from yeah. all the noise and all the things when they're here, I want them to be here. And if they're not here, I don't want them to be here. I want them to do whatever else they're doing right now. So there was some intentionality around that too. That's a good point. I, for, I was going to complain just now about not being on Slack because I could just, I, yeah, I got it all figured out. This is the generation of Slack. <laughs> I click, click, click. I can go from one group to another. Uh, but you're right. If I'm in that mode, I might click away to do something else. Like you have to have this thing open. Yeah, you have to 
So, but the app is there on the phone, so you you, you can yeah. do it on the app, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then what I've seen in the data often, because this app actually gives you a lot of analytics, is I've seen 90% of the people in this community are engaged, which means they're spending more than 20, 25 minutes a week in this community, either sharing something or commenting on something or posting something or watching something. So to me, that's the point of the community. Like I don't want to build a, a, a thousand people community with 20 people or 200 people like to like those like dried up um, uh, groups that are in the world where there are 500,000 people in that group and you have the same five salespeople putting their next webinar that's coming up. That's not what this is about. So it's been, so again, it's a learning thing. It's just been a three, four months, but I'm hoping I can combine the learning of building a community uh, and go broader than ABM, but still narrow in the marketing world uh, about helping markets get one person better. And Mm -hmm. then with all the relationships that I have out there with people like Seth or Daniel Pink or Kim or whatever, I can bring in and actually not just do a live, but do an in-person event for a few where they would take it seriously and have a dramatic impact on their business. Right. Man, you, you're, um, you're, I feel like you're also a very, you're like a connector, you know, you're like connecting people and, but you, you've inter- some, interviewed some of the most amazing people on your podcast and in your, in the community, I was gonna say your community, but I'm in it now. So in our community, yeah, um, right. Yeah. Uh, what's it like talking to Seth Godin? for instance. What's that like? I think he's, he's, he's another person. Just, he just another, another person. He, Cause he's yeah. branded like, like a marketing God. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's so interesting. Like a lot of these people are, uh, feel in many ways I used to feel like, man, I, they're on, like, you can't even touch them. You can't even get close to them. The reality is that's not true. Um, I literally, the way, I mean, just an example, I pinged uh, Seth a few times. I've kept him updated of the community. I wanted to come in and speak at one of the conferences. For some reason, it didn't happen. So, but he would respond every time, every yeah. single time, which was so interesting to me. And that's something I learned from that is like, never get too big where you won't respond to people that uh, reach out to you. And I asked him like, so you don't, did you, when I hopped on a call with him, just talk about a few things. I'm like, okay, so who's your agent? He's like, I don't have an agent. Okay, so like for like an so event, but like a booking agent for an event. Yeah, or? booking agent. Yeah, you have one. Have no, I mean, like, I don't. But it's yeah. like funny. You think about like Seth Godin doesn't have an agent. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, no, I, I don't have an agent. I select the people I want to work with, and I just go work with them, and done. So. Wow. It's so it's like you start thinking about like, well, you must be getting a ton of inquiries, right? Like, and you must be like, so are you spending all this time? Like, like, so it's interesting, but he's just another person who, who, who is, who actually, if you think about it, I asked him this question too. Is like, so, um, so I don't see you doing like, you know, a bunch of lives or a bunch of uh, podcast or a bunch of this, that, and the other. He has been only doing one thing, which is one email every single day. Right, you think about Simon Sinek, where it was like one thing every single day, and he said it was really, really, really inspiring. He's like, "Look, yes, I could do a whole bunch of things, and I probably would have a whole much more reach, but it will take me away from the most important thing that I'm good at, which is my ability to think without distractions and wow. not letting the world 
change my view, it's, it's my view. So it's like, I do not even go back and look at comments. I do not even go back and look at reviews. I do not even go back because he's like, I don't care. <laughs> which is really fascinating to me. It's like, these are my things. Some are going to like, some are not going to like. These are my thoughts. And I want to be, I want to share my thoughts as clearly as possible without being tainted by the world. Because in his view, that dilutes the the gravity of the point that he's trying to make sometimes. So it was really fascinating to think about that. Yeah, I could do all these other things, but I'm just going to, I was going to say maybe he's focusing on writing because he, do you say, I mean, he spoke to you, but is he like a writer or is he a speaker? Sometimes people are one or the other. Does he seem like he's... Yeah, I think he's a writer, all in. (laughs) He's he's a writer. If you think about uh, even uh, uh, like Patrick Lencioni, uh, I don't know if you've read his books and stuff like that. Pat is like really, again, he wrote The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, really well-known author, uh, but he was a screenwriter. And so that's what I learned about their stories right. as part of this conversation. Uh, we didn't record it in the podcast, but before the podcast, just trying to get to know him. And he was a screenwriter. So every book is like a screenplay of wow. fictitious fable-style characters. That's why all of his books are fables. And, and so you won't find another business book like that because his book is about three people trying to work through a problem in a business setting in which you can start identifying with. So it's a whole full on fable. And then the second part of the book is actually the, the book style book, which is here's the framework and here's how you think about it. And here are the questions you ask and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, why do you write that way? And he's like, well, I'm a screenwriter. I didn't get my break in screenwriting. So somebody said, why don't you write a business book? So <laughs> a business book and that became really well. So here I am. So it's fascinating to that. Right, right. But he, he's still in his element. He's not being someone different than he is. He's like, I'm, I'm still writing screenplays. I just, yeah. I'm publishing them in a different way. He's <laughs> still doing it. it. From the array of all the books, that book is completely different and it will stand out. Like Bob Berg is another person, right? Mm. He, he wrote um, the Go Giver series, which is all screenplays. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Jeez. So, so yeah, I mean, so you've talked to a lot of people too. Um, and I know you're kind of philosophical like I am and the idea of, uh, I really love you were doing this for a long time. I don't know if you're still doing it, but the idea of intention and the yeah. more intentional person wins, the more yeah. intentional marketer and even in your life and your career, are you still doing anything around that or I know you got a million yeah, things going on. Yeah. I mean, I still write the becoming intentional newsletter once, uh, on Sundays. Oh, you or, do? Yeah. On LinkedIn, it goes on Wednesdays. Uh, there are about 21,000 people on that list. So it's a really, it, that list has just grown. And it's literally just one thing that, that at top of mind, it's literally one minute read um, for, for it. So I try to keep it very simple. One idea, one clip um, of something that I really thought was impactful on the same idea. And then one thing to do, because I want people to do something. I don't want yeah. people to just read and then move on. Like, oh, great article. Huh. Like, and I'm not deep, like I'm not that deep where I can write a research paper. So right. it's like one thing to do, like, for example, last week I wrote, you know what the best thing you could do for your team? You could block 30 minutes on your, on their calendar and ask them to go take a walk. Like that could be the best thing you could do for your team this week, given how many zoom calls and sessions they're going to have. And yeah. I can't tell you how many emails I got after that saying, Oh my gosh, that really, like I got my teams telling me that, you know, so it's, it's like things like that. It's like simple stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I remember that post. So, so this, this newsletter, but you're doing this on LinkedIn every Wednesday. That's where it comes out. Yeah. Okay. It goes on, it's part of LinkedIn, LinkedIn's um, newsletter article series, right? Like, so they, they create articles oh, uh, and uh, they, I mean, they promote the heck out of it, which created that. So if you look at one of my articles or something, you will see now I only write the newsletter uh, on LinkedIn, which is a really interesting feature of that too. Yeah, they keep coming up with interesting things. So is it enough to just follow you to get that or do we got to do something different? Yeah, you have to subscribe to that. So when you go to LinkedIn and when you go to one of my posts, which would be a newsletter, um, one of them would be like on Wednesday. You can see on Wednesday I posted a, a 111 newsletter. So you have to go to that newsletter and subscribe to get it. Wow. It will send you it to an, it will send an email every time I post. So it's not just a LinkedIn feed. It actually, it's an actual email. An actual, okay, cool. Yeah, all these things, uh, man, I love learning. <laughs> I love yeah. these conversations. There's just, there's so many different things that are changing. And I sat on a call with my team today where we're talking about some some technical stuff with Pardot. It has come a long way, my friend, since when we were both working on it. Uh, well, five years ago, six years ago, maybe, yeah. That, like even the email template wizards and email template uh, locked, cl- there's all sorts of, you can lock sections in the template but now there's yeah. different kinds of locks. So you can only change an image or you can change text and image or you can change nothing or all sorts of, or change HTML. There's all these complexities that keep getting added to these different tools. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know how you keep track of even your own, right? There's just all these powerful tools that keep getting punched in and punched in. It's crazy. Well, I mean, I, I, thankfully in my role, I'm not keeping up with those things. But, right. but what's interesting about all of it is like when I think about um, the event, like the LinkedIn live, like I'm using yeah. Eventable to, for people. So there are like 900 people who sign up to get my events update or the mm. peak community. There are like, you know, so many people already there. They are not part of that, that update. Um, so I think there are like small tools here and there starting to make your job easier. So I think again, I, I feel like if the people listening to this as a marketer, it's probably the best time to be a marketer right now than ever before ever before so like take advantage of it yeah it really is a powerful position it 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 crosses all the boundaries for better or worse we get our hands in everything man it's crazy so crazy hey how how have you been man it's been it's been covid time you got your family i love your love your your room with your bookshelf how how's the fam How, how things going the family's good, man. Uh, we put a zip line in the backyard for the kids. So really? Do how how is it? Is it long? And does how fast is uh, it? Um, that would not 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 too fast. Not too crazy, um, right? Are, not too crazy, but we are blessed with a, a you know it, it's a sizable backyard, and there sure. are really like trees that are a hundred feet okay. apart that we're able to to kind of so kind of a slope, so it kind of goes fast as you go. Wow. Um, so it's been fun with COVID and everything. It was like the neighborhood uh, kind of place to be uh, during that time because one, everybody just wipe their hands and just go zoom, jump, and then go back and stand in the line. So it was kind of fun. So we did that uh, for a month. We had inflatable pool part like stuff for the kids <laughs> because the water, because the swimming pool was off. Uh, and then now with the tennis, right? That's why Krish and I got into tennis a lot more. He more than I do. So all these things that I think. Um, made us realize that one, you you actually can have a true uh, family time without 
and, and do all these things um, without it being a distraction to, to the work that you want to do. Um, it has obviously opened up that you can work truly from anywhere if you truly choose to. So I think it's been really good from a long-term perspective, but in the short term, obviously it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about you, you probably had twice as many um, flights on Delta, right? I was looking at my yeah. app and I had like eight planned out, you know, things in the year, think first part of year is just cranking and it's like, nope, they all got canceled. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but the but downside, to me, you're doing, your business is doing better and, yep. and stuff, it's true. which is actually what the strong getting stronger. Like I think when right. you have the fundamentals right, I think you're going to do better. There's definitely a bright side to all that. And, and you know what? The, that would have been eight trips where I'm not with my kids, not seeing my family, yeah. you know, and as much fun and adventure as these places. And I, I do miss the fact I couldn't go to Colorado, but you know, some of these other states, they're just, they're just, maybe they're just trips. And so it, I've definitely, you know, had, it took me a couple months to come around to it and be like, okay, stop mourning, <laughs> mourning the yeah. loss of all your adventures and actually enjoy the fact that you could like, now I, I block it off. So, you know, when I'm done work, I, I bounce out before dinner and I've got family time, you know, and it, and it's cool to do that. And they're probably seeing me more than they would have seen me. Cause I would have just come home, you know, not at, at the office, come home, dinner six and we had a little family time in your bed. Right. Whereas now it's like, they see me a lot more, which is cool. Yeah. And they're going to remember this time forever. You and I are going to remember a decade from now, we're all going to be talking about where were you in 2020 and what did you do? Right. right. Some kids will be graduated for a lot of, a lot of us um, by then. So it's, it's, it's going to be a fun, fun thing to think and fun memories to actually look back on. For sure. I, I also wonder about the, uh, the college students. So that's a, that's a tougher one. Like, Oh man, like that, they're really in the middle of a transition yeah. time, you know? Oh, that, it sucks for everybody who's graduating, looking for a job or like, you know, yeah. okay, this is the worst time for you to graduate right now. Or, or even having graduated and the schools want full, they want full tuition. Maybe, you know, you hear about the, the schools in new England say, Oh yeah, we're going to charge you full tuition for the remote or, you know, it's like, I think it's getting disrupted. I think that finally education is getting disrupted. Yeah. I think all, I mean, everything I'm hearing about it feels like people are learning that the value of education is really high. Um, but it could be obtained at the cheaper price than what people probably thought about. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, like, uh, it, the teachers in schools, everybody's getting challenged like never before. So I can actually, as an entrepreneur, I feel like what a great time for somebody to reinvent all oh. of these things who has passion for any totally. of these areas. Like totally, like it's an open game. Like there's all rules, all bets, all guardrails, everything's off and you can really reimagine. So the question I feel like we're asking in our organization as well, and I've heard others starting to think about is like, no, 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 let's not talk about how are we going to do things when we're back. Let's just talk about how are we going to restart something. Mm -hmm. Like what will be the new beginning look like? Not renewing something old, like completely the new beginning of your business, of your family life, of your school, of your community. What is the new way of doing things, the new thing to do, as opposed to saying, well, how, when we get back to the same old, like, you know, it's time to completely reframe, re rethink about it. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. That it's at the start of a decade. Um, and you know, if it, if it hadn't been for something like this, we may have just rolled right into it. And then yeah. 10 years later, the decade's going to the next decade, but 
this has kind of made us pause a little bit to say, oh, okay, okay, what is really important right here? What do I want to do with the next several years? And when I do finally get more freedom to move around, either flying or just being in restaurants, what am I going to appreciate now that what I didn't have for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. The choices are going to be real. The, that when everything is again back to normal, we, we will have to make the choices and saying, well, is this what we want? Or now we're just doing it because we wanted it, not our families didn't want it. Clearly, there is a choice that we'll all have. For sure. Yeah, I've definitely started making decisions around offices and, and um, travel and also what's important. You know, For me, it's been like hiking lately. I've, just like, let, yeah. I've started going hiking now. Like every week, climb a peak. <laughs> peak community. Every week, it's like, well, there's, 4, 000, there's, there's 48 mountains in New Hampshire that are above 4,000 feet. And so wow. every, every Tuesday or every sometime during the week, I'm tackling one of them in the morning, like getting up super early, just tackling one, tackling one. And just, yeah. How I, long does it take for you to go up, up and down, and come back? It depends. Like um, this past one was, it was a little easier one. It's like nine miles, yeah. you know, and it was two. It was a twofer. So I got two, two out of that list. I'm up to 14 yeah. now, you know. Wow. But it's But it's cool. But you know what's neat is there's some groups on Facebook where they – they talk about, hey, uh, I'm doing uh, this mountain, or what do you guys think about this one? And I used to like not know what they were talking about. I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. whatever. But now that I've been there, I'm like, oh yeah, ooh, that's a tough one. That'll be a tough one for you. This is what I did, and it kind of uh, just you learn a little bit more, and it, it kicks my butt, and I'm just having a good time. Yeah, I know. You know what? You're also connecting the dots for maybe some people. Definitely for me, is that when there was this this difference between your work and at home and now things are blending i feel what we are probably missing more than ever uh, which seems like you're capitalizing on now is the alone time the the time to think uh not go back to back time to decompress yeah time to to just shift you, whatever you were doing to back. Like right now I'm doing this and a minute later, but as soon as we're done, I'm looking at my kids, right? Like it's like literally yeah. like that. There's no like going from this to like decompressing, thinking through, okay, calming down and then getting to, there's nothing like that. It's like, like this, like this and overlapping. So I feel like the stuff, like what you're talking about to have this, like maybe two hours of or four hours of this time where you're like just, going yeah it actually is probably really good for for your mental and physical health it's a good point man i i felt like it's it's time's gone faster now that we're sort of at home at work at home it's the same thing we're just and so time is like wow it's already what is it september now didn't this thing start in like what is going on it's just because there there aren't those breaks but yeah to your point just giving yourself a little sometimes people call it free time or you know just a little time just carved out for you um, especially when the weekends aren't the weekends for a lot of parents out there. The weekends are, you know, the, the usually the week was the weekend, but like you got, you got the kids at home, especially like my wife and other, you know, parents out there that are like constantly, and then they got school coming up. They just need a little time to themselves, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. Killer, man. Well, Hey, this is fun, dude. Hey, throw out some links. People don't already know. They're not already connected to you. Where can they find you? Where do you want them to go? Well, I mean, folks can, um, I, well, here's what I would love for people to do. Not just connect with me, but send me a note on LinkedIn saying, what is the one thing that stuck out for you? 
if not, like those are meaningless connections if you just want to connect. But like, yeah. if this was actually valuable, if whatever Casey and I did actually said, so you know what, I started thinking about the, the 20 people webinar or I started thinking about the hikes um, that I need to start having some alone time. Or maybe I started thinking about how do I talk about work on my pipeline, problem, not just demand problem, right? Maybe, so any of the conversations we just had, was there anything that just like hit you? Mm. Um, I'd love to know. I'm sure Casey would love to know. And I think that'd be a great way to connect on LinkedIn. Um, and if you're interested in Peak Community, just, just DM me. And uh, as I said, I don't let everybody in that community to keep that community the right kind of people in there. But if you really want to grow 1% uh, better, uh, DM me and uh, we'll see if we can go from there. Yeah, 1% every day, man. That's the way, way to do it. Um, and it's peak.community, right? Is the way to find that? It, or should they message yeah, you? But, yeah, it's a, well, they, they can message me rather uh, because okay. you can't even go, if you go to peak.community, it won't pull up. It's actually www.peak.community because yeah. it's not .com. It goes to peak.community.com, which is not where we are. So in order to it actually works for in my favor because I don't want a whole bunch of people in that community. I want the right people in right. that community. If you want in, either DM Casey um, you can, you can uh, I, I trust you and that's Hook what we do. Yeah, totally. Community. Yep, you can invite them, Casey, or um, people who know you personally. Or if you want to hit me up, then hit me up, and then I'll invite you. But it is an invite-only community. It's not for any and everybody. Right. Not like the other community out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this has been so good. Dude, it's been great catching up with you. Thank you for your time. I know you're a busy dude, talking to the likes of Seth Godin's all day long, coming in. I hope, schooling hope us. I never am too busy in, in a relationship that, that you and I have. So Agreed. You're always there. Agreed, man. And for those people listening, if you learned something, and I know you did because you're about to send Sangram a note saying what you learned, but also consider putting a note on LinkedIn, a little post, what you learned. And I know you learned something because I've got two pages of notes from this little casual conversation over here. And uh, so put what you learned on there, tag Sangram, tag myself, start a little conversation. That is thought leadership. And that can be you. It doesn't need all the branding and the hoopla. Just go ahead and do something, share something you learned and that's it. So dude, brother, thanks again for being on here. Uh, it's been awesome. Yes, Casey, I love every time we spend time together. Thank you so much. Every, every day. Let's do it every day. <laughs> maybe, maybe every quarter. We'll see. <laughs> maybe too much, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Not, not to kick it too much at Casey. I, I, I get overwhelming. <laughs> but uh, thanks, man. And for those people listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.